host, I'm David, obviously. Um, this is Colleen, so a little background on us. Um, we're both from Macon. We'll inter intertwine some of some more details and stuff uh, in the story. We met in sixth grade. Uh, Colleen ran the youth ministry program here for six years. Uh, before that, she, she worked at a consulting firm for two or three years out of college. Um, now she's a stay-at-home mom, and uh, she went to Georgia Tech and made it for us. So every every job she's made has climbed in importance, difficulty, and declined in pay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I work in finance. Um, I used to volunteer for I think I volunteered for two years with the the life team program around here, and uh, now we have three kids and. I don't volunteer. She doesn't even work. So. <laughs> we're, we're pretty busy. Um, Tomorrow on us, like we met, we met in sixth grade when her family moved to Macon. Uh, we dated for four or five days in eighth grade. Um, we dated for most of senior year of high school. Then we had a, a standard uh, disastrous on again, off again freshman year college relationship that is basically what happens to everyone after high school. Uh, that goes to separate colleges, and then we went our separate ways um, for, I don't know, five, seven years, reconnected a little bit after college, back when we were both um, both living here after school, and uh, we've been married five and a half years, and we have a three, two, and one-year-old. You can see up here. Yeah. I would have loved to, like...
you know, someone who you really like, you find out also may be interested in you, you interpret this as good, and you feel happy. Um, so pleasure, like kind of a positive bodily feeling. Um, happiness is like looking at a situation with your mind and determining that it's positive. So, joy. Um, joy is something that I loved how Father talked about it. It's deep in our hearts, in, in the spirit, in the center of ourselves, and it's actually a state of our souls. So, um, kind of, there's a lot of different biblical definitions of joy and things you can get to, but I love this way of describing it. It's an abiding sense of well-being that flows from the sure, quiet confidence in your soul that God is good irrespective of your circumstances. God is taking care of me irrespective of my circumstances. Um, and truly, the people who are the most joyful, if you look around and you kind of like think about this in your life, the people who are the most joyful I've found have a strong sense of identity in the Lord. And they trust the Lord with their path, with their vocation, with their job, with whatever it is. Like one person that comes to mind for me, I have a friend who she um, had like a lot in her childhood. She, her parents got divorced. She was in kindergarten and she was back and forth between her mom and her dad's house all the time. And, you know, they had a lot of financial struggles. When she was 21, her sister died in a tragic car wreck. Like, totally, yeah, it was, it was awful. Um, who she was very, very close to, her closest sister. And she <coughs> also has, you know, had a, a like over four year journey of infertility that she has been dealing with. Like this person, if you meet her, you would meet her and be like, she just must have a really good life. Like she just seems so joyful. And like she, like similar to what you were talking about with St. Paul, like, no, she just has a trust that the Lord has a purpose in all these awful things that have happened and all these good things that have happened to her. And it's irrespective of her circumstances that she has this trust. Like, the Lord is good. He is taking care of me. He is taking care of my path. Um, and so that, for us, the other thing about joy, like joy, and this is, I think, why this person specifically is so joyful. She has such an intimate relationship with the Lord. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we don't actually grow in joy by only just focusing on, like, okay, I just have to think about joy more, and then I'll be more joyful. No, it's actually we become more joyful through focusing on God, through growing in our relationship with God. Because we, we focus on God, and he pours those fruits into us, like the fruits of the Holy Spirit that come out of us, and that's what, that's what joy is. Um, and so just like kind of as we're moving into like talking about discernment of our vocations, one of the simplest ways to grow in joy is to make this prayer an active prayer in your daily life. And it's, thy will be done. Lord, your will be done. Whatever is going on, someone, you essentially, yeah, you thought you were going to get a big promotion. You didn't. Like, Lord, your will be done. You, something really great happens to you. Lord, your will be done. Lord, I want what you will because I trust you. And so just making that prayer an active um, prayer in our life. And I don't know if you want to. We're kind of going to like leave a little bit more about our story throughout the um, talk. But I don't know if you want to just mention it a little bit. Yeah, so, so like 
I think I think what Colleen's saying is joy is, is found in surrender, and a little bit more about how we ended up back together after college. Um, it wasn't as simple as we just reconnected. Uh, we'd been friends for a while. I, I really liked her. We were hanging out a lot. Um, I kind of thought since high school that she, I was probably going to marry her. I just didn't know how or when. Um, <laughs> never had another girlfriend. Um, and and you know I was even good. She was running half marathons. I even went on long distance runs with her, 10 miles. I've never run more than four miles in my life other than that. I don't know how I did it. Still don't. Um, well, we finally started dating. Uh, and with Colleen, it, could, like, it, it was a little different than your standard relationship where the guys just ask a girl on a date. Like, I kind of knew, like, she's got to realize she likes me, not me ask her out. So I had to wait for her to kind of want, want to date me. Um, so we, <laughs> we started dating. We dated for uh, about six weeks. We were both traveling for work in the summer. She had some, some CTK retreat stuff for the kids. I had some work trips. We hung out for like a few days. And then she picked me up from the airport and, and dropped me off in my, my apartment and dumped me in the parking garage. So it was a really good uh, rekindling relationship there. This has been like, um, yeah, like we were together for like six weeks. We were six, six weeks but and we saw like each other three dates, times. Yeah. Two real dates. Um, so I was shocked. I, 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 you know, was really sad at this point. I had to accept maybe we weren't meant, uh, meant to be together. You know, we went our separate ways. No future communication. I, I told her I never wanted to speak to her again. Um, and, 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 and maybe. Um, and so then we went about our lives, and, and for a long time, maybe close to a year, nine months or so, uh, we didn't see each other. We didn't talk to each other. You know, I. But, you know, I had to make a choice on how to live. Like, I kind of, in the back of my mind, thought this will work out at some point. I was, you know, it had been a decade since I'd been thinking that, and it was, this is not going to work out. Um, so it was just, for me, it was, I, I, I made the choice to just be content. So, I will be done is, is how, one way to think of it. Or, or, can you just be content and trust that God is going to show you some other path? Um, that you, you can be fine being patient and not figuring it out immediately not turning for in that situation it wasn't me turning and trying to find a new girlfriend to get married before I was too old um and whatnot but just being patient being content and just saying to God I have no idea now what I've thought for a decade doesn't look like it's going to happen show me you know show me help me figure out which meant for me in that situation do nothing <laughs> yeah and the answer is not always go do something sometimes it's just Sit still, trust God. And with that, I think like that just demonstrates the point of like whatever the circumstances are that you're in, whether you're in a place where you're single and you thought you would be dating someone that you're gonna end up marrying by now, or you are engaged and all of a sudden you're like, this is like all these things are lining up to where this just doesn't. I don't think this is what the Lord's will is like. Being in a place where you can surrender your will and your path. That is what will ultimately produce joy. And for us, like, as we're searching for our vocation, if we find ourselves we're just, like, lacking joy, like, is asking ourselves the question of, like, is that lack of joy produced by, like, a lack of surrender to God's will? And just just kind of remembering that. And she ended up calling me back, calling me back nine months later and saying <laughs> she wanted to be friends with me. And I said, I don't want to be friends with you. I want to date you. And yeah. And then we got married a year and a half later. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about in a little bit. But, yes, so the Lord has funny plans, and that's not often how it works out for people. But it's just, yeah, anyhow, we'll talk a little more about that later. Okay, so how do we, 
how do we actively get this joy as we're searching for our vacation? So I want to read this scripture from Matthew 18. Um, At that time, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child over, placed it in their midst, and said, Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. First off, this is just a really bold claim, like, aside from the vocation talk. Like, whoever doesn't become like little children, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. It's like, what do kids have that we often lose as we get older? Like, what's so important that Jesus is trying to tell us about this? And how is this relevant for our vocations? So, um... Obviously, we have three little kids right now, so I feel like I could talk about this all day. But just want to make a short point on this. Kids are very dependent. They're so dependent on you. Like, Mom, open my water bottle. Put my car seat straps on. Um, Mom, I don't know how to get my sock on. Like, all the things. They need They need something at every moment, and they're not afraid to be totally dependent on you. For us, are we dependent on the Lord in our search for our vocation? How, how boldly are we praying, like, Lord, help me find my spouse. Lord, help me have this really hard conversation with this person I'm dating. Like, Lord, I need you. I like, like, don't be afraid to just pour out your need, your dependence on the Lord with your search for your vocation. Um, and then secondly, trusting. How much do you trust the Lord in your discernment of your vocation? So my parents always tell the story of like my one of four kids, but my um, the third one of us, Brian, for whatever reason, um, they just have these memories of Brian. Just like my dad could tell him to jump off a cliff, and Brian would listen. Like in two specific memories, of like he was like I think he was three, and there was a high dive at um, the pool that we went to, like high dives that they usually don't even make now because of liability. And he went up, he just fall. Like my dad was like, okay, Brian, we're going off the high dive. And he went up there and he just followed him right off of it. And I think right after that, they told him he can't go off it anymore because he's too little. But, and there's another story about him being like at this water park. I grew up in, before I moved to Macon in Cincinnati. And there's this beach water park. And like from the interstate, you can see this slide. Like the slide is so large. And my parents were like, I don't know what we were thinking at the time, but yes, when Brian was three, like he literally went off that slide right after my dad. And we had like so many questions. We were like, I mean, so he just, my dad went off and then he, my dad's at the bottom and he went right off after him. And like, you know, again, they probably didn't have the same like height requirements back then that they do now. But the point being is that like, if you feel like, like the Lord is calling you certain places, trust him. Like it's, so often with our vocation, it's not this, like, I think a lot of times as Catholics, we, like, want this, like, recipe for, okay, check, 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 this makes sense. I feel like the Lord is giving me a billboard and said, move. Okay, now I'm ready to move. Like, that's often not how he works. So be in a place where you can trust the Lord with your, with your discernment of your vocation. And then next, like, risk takers. Kids take a lot of risks. Like, they touch everything, they explore everything, they're told no all the time, and they just keep going for it. They're, they're, they're not afraid to take risks and to explore. In our discernment of our vocation, like, have we gotten jaded? Like, we need to be willing to take risks. And, and where is Jesus calling us to take risks? Like, maybe that's just being more 
bold and asking more people on dates. Maybe that's like showing an interest, like being upfront about like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna um, tell this person like I'm interested in them. Like whatever it is, um, I think that so often when we look at scripture, like Jesus and the disciples, they just took risks. And for us, our vocation is our path to holiness. So don't be afraid to take risks. And then lastly, secure. Do you date and search for your vocation from a place of security? Like your spouse, and then ultimately, like obviously, if you're called to be a priest, same thing. It's like, you're not going to get security from this other person. Like you get security from the Lord. And kids, they're naturally just, they just are secure. They know they're loved by their parents and they can live from that security. Same thing for us. Like let's be in that place um, from the Lord. Okay, and then next kind of like just overarching point is start <laughs> sacrificing now. Um, Matthew chapter 3, Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, in your vocation, because your vocation is your path to holiness, like that's what we believe as Catholics, that's what the Catechism says, like through your marriage is how you will become holy, how your spouse will become holy. That's the path God has designed for you, the best way for you to grow in holiness. So if we're not in that yet, Let's be in a place where we can start. Come on, senior. Start to um, where we can start <coughs> sacrificing in our singleness right now. Where we can start practicing living that holiness right now. Um, and so, like for us, one of the things that we did. Um, funny, Monsignor just walked in right now. When we were dating. David volunteered with Life Teen, and we did that together. We were able to serve together. It was so good for our relationship. We were able to see how each other were pouring into the teens. It was awesome. Um, maybe you're not in a place where you're dating someone, but in your life, how are you sacrificing? I think in our singleness and also what tends to produce let, like a lack of joy is when we become very focused. So get outside of yourself and start sacrificing, start serving. And then secondly, praying. Um, pray for your future spouse. Uh, this is really actually kind of funny. So we've kind of told you like a little part about our story, and we'll tell you a little bit more as we're going on. But um, David obviously mentioned that we, we, we dated, broke up, and then had this nine months where we were totally apart and then ended up dating, getting married a year and a half later. Before we even dated that time after college, like I had said a 54-day novena, Specifically for my spouse, specifically for the gift of patience. That's what I was praying for. Obviously, we can see the Lord used that because David had to be incredibly patient. Um, and so for you, in your, in your prayer life, don't be afraid to pray specific things for your future spouse. Like, pray for the virtues that he, may, he or she may need at the time. Like, um, and then also just practice interceding for other people. This is also something that can produce joy. Like, how much in your prayer life are you also just interceding for others? Um, and then last, sec- third thing, fasting. Okay, so I think fasting is a spiritual practice that is so uh, powerful, but we don't really use it very much anymore. Um, and fasting actually gives us clarity of thought gives us clarity of thought 
and um, it exercises the muscles of sacrifice that we will need to live our vocations joyfully. So, funny enough, we broke up, and to tell you about my thoughts at the time, I had just taken my job at Christ the King, um, and we went on these two dates. The dates were great. We had a great time, but I started to have this panic of, like, what if this isn't right? I had a, I had a big... Um, we both grew more significantly with the Lord post-college. I mean, post, like, knowing each other in college, kind of on our own, which was really beautiful and good. Um, but I started to have this panic of, like, I'm working for Christ the King now. This is from my, like, David and I have this past relationship from, like, before I really got into my faith. And I'll talk about this one a little bit more, too. Like, David's not Catholic. And so all of a sudden, all these things are like, I can't date someone who's not Catholic. I can't. All these things started to come up. And it's funny, if you guys have ever done Discernment of Spirits, which we'll talk about a little, little bit more later, the devil works in a way of, like, he tries to, like, rush you into stuff. And it's funny when I was, like, the people I talked to about this, I'm like, okay. All of my friends, my family members were like, what are you doing? Like, do not make a, do not, do not end this. You have had these two great dates, y'all have a great relationship, y'all are both, anyhow. So, I broke up with him, and then was obviously, like, pretty distraught after that, but was like, okay, I'm traveling along my way, and about, like, six months later, I'm, like, still traveling along my way, living for the Lord, and I'm just, I end up reading this book called Seven, which is, like, a book specifically about fasting, and the book is kind of intense, you fast in these, like, seven specific different ways, and, like, she gave away, like, one, no, I did not, <laughs> but, like, one of the months is you literally wear, like, you're supposed to wear, like, seven items of clothes for the whole month, I did, like, 12 or 14, I can't remember, but, like, one of the months is, um, you eat seven different foods, specifically only seven foods for that month, you, so, anyhow, it's, it's hardcore, it's pretty hardcore, <laughs> however, through this fasting journey of all these different things and then like um the last month before i ended up calling it back was this um fasting with the food month my mind started to become so clear fasting is so powerful because it can clear your mind and help us hear the lord like in our society we live in we get bombarded all the time social media and even just like just going about your day like you check your email you all these different things conversations you interact with so many more people today than you would have you know 200 years ago there's so much bombardment and so our minds it's hard sometimes to hear the lord when we have all these other things coming in fasting is a way that we can hear the voice of the lord and like i won't go into like more detail right now if we have time for q a we can talk about it more if you want but through my fasting journey i heard very clearly from the lord like calling you are living out of fear like you have made stipulations about what you think you're not listening to me. And so felt a very clear sense of like my ability to, yeah, kind of out of nowhere, eight months later, call him back and say, hey, <laughs> let's have a conversation. You know, hope you're not dating anyone. Um, okay, so um, anyhow. And then kind of just as we're kind of talking about this search, a little bit more, a couple more things on this. Like, Live in the present. God works most clearly in the present. Like the devil tempts us to kind of like focus on the future, focus on the past. It's not bad to think about the past or the future, but like when our focus becomes on the past or the future, we're actually not living with our path with the Lord. Like Jesus is in the present. And so for us, staying up, 
staying in the present. And like, how do you know you're not missing your vocation? If you hold up your hand and you don't have a ring on, you're not missing your vocation. Your vocation right now is living holiness. And so be confident that you're in the right place in the present. Um, and so, and then the other thing with being living in the present is be careful not to assume like when I get married, when I meet my future spouse, this thing, these things will be easier. These things will be better. Um, and yeah, okay, secondly, be humble. There's a scripture where Jesus is um, calling the disciples to him and he says, um, he says, I'm going to read this part of it. It says, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. <coughs> Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And um, Philip says, come and see. Are there people you are writing off because they are, quote, from Nazareth? Um, this is so good for us to think about. Like, for me, for us, like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't, and obviously, you know, everyone has a different journey, but like, I, all this fear started to well up of like, the Lord can't have this plan for me because this person isn't Catholic. This person isn't, um, this person, we're both from, from Macon and we like had, like I had, I had my big, you know, kind of conversion in college and he, no, there's nothing bad about Macon. Macon's not Macon. Nazareth. <laughs> but, but like all of a sudden, I didn't realize it, but I had all these stipulations from the Lord. Okay, for you, ask the Lord to help you see like, where are you making assumptions about things that he hasn't put on you? Um, for example, like maybe you're in a place where you're just like, I just can't meet someone on a dating app. Like, is that, it, what were you saying? Oh, sorry, sorry, I thought you were thinking. Is that what the Lord has said? Or is that what you have said? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, obviously not on a dating app, so like, I don't, you know. But, but, or like, I, I can't meet someone who I work with. I can't date someone who I work with. Whatever the thing is, like, just be careful not to have your assumptions, like, to the point of if you are in a place where you are, um, like you're like you can't think about this as I just want to do the holy the holiest thing possible for me to be, to become a nun. It's like if the Lord is not calling you to be a nun or a priest, then actually it's not the holiest thing for you. And so just it's all about what is the Lord's will for my life, not just obviously there are some like good stipulations as far as like having a spouse that you marry. There's like for sure good stipulations you should. We all understand that, right? In agreement with that. But just understanding that, like, we should be asking the question, what is the Lord will for my life about my vocation? Not just what do I think is exactly this specific thing. And then also just pray the litany of humility daily and offer it up for your spouse. Pray for new eyes to see and ears to hear where the Lord is calling you in your search for your vocation. And then I already mentioned this earlier. Be open to rejection and take risks. The Lord was constantly rejected over and over and over again. He would, he would, you know, countless followers left him when he explained the teaching on the Eucharist. Like, people, the rich man walked away when Jesus said, this is how you get to eternal life. Like, he walked away. Judas betrayed him. People rejected him over and over again. So for us, don't be afraid to be a stranger to being rejected in our, in our um, discernment of our vocation. So, like, Men, how many people have you asked on a date this year? Like, women, don't be afraid to, like, say, you see a, someone really cute at mass, just say, like, hey, I'm so-and-so. Nice 
nice to meet you. Are you a for, you know, are you a, um, do you go to here all the time? You normally go to this mass. Like, don't be afraid to say, like, here's my number. Let me know if you ever want to get coffee. Like, you're not asking them on a date. They're making that, but they're making that decision themselves. Don't be afraid to show interest. Don't be afraid to ask on dates. If you are single and you have a bunch of friends and they might know other friends, like, organize a speed dating party at your, at your house or your, like, just be, the Lord desires, um, the Lord desires us to live this holy vocation of marriage and we get there by taking risks. I can't tell you what that looks like for your life, but just just pray with that maybe in adoration. Should I organize a speed dating? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and then... Um, Her brother got had a girlfriend from speed dating. It did not work out. He did. It didn't end up working out. He dated for right But months. it was a great relationship. It was a great relationship. Okay. And then... Um, yeah. What? Okay. And then, like... Um, Lastly, just being aware of the enemy, like holy vocations make holy families, which make holy saints, which change the world. The devil would like nothing more than to sabotage your search for your vocation and your vocation itself. Be aware of that. Pray the St. Michael prayer daily. Um, read the discernment of spirits. If you haven't read that, St. Ignatius' discernment of spirits. We'll pull the resources at the end in a second. Um, and then, sorry, I'm trying to hurry. We're kind of running hard on time. And then last, or one of the last things, like, how do I know it's the one? Just, first of all, set aside the fear of screwing it up. This scripture about doubting Thomas, where people, like, almost look at Thomas as, like, not as great because he was, like, he needed full proof that the Lord was here when after the Lord's resurrection. So anyone who doesn't know that, it's just, like, the resurrected Lord appears to all the disciples, and um, Thomas wasn't there. And so they're all like, Thomas. The Lord appeared. He's resurrected. This is amazing. And Thomas is like, you guys are crazy. Unless I see the Lord and he sticks his hands in, and I stick his hands in his, res- his wounds, I will not believe. And what does the Lord do? He shows up to Thomas. And this, we look at Thomas like, oh, Thomas, you should have seen without having this evidence. No, this scripture is evidence to us that the Lord shows up how we need him to. He loves us so much that he shows up exactly how we need him to. So for us, if you're in a relationship and you're like, okay, this is right, but I'm not sure, like, pray, Lord, I am walking along this path. If this is not the right path, knock me off my horse, and the Lord will knock you off your horse. Like, pray boldly and, and, and let fear go to hell with Satan, because that's where it belongs. Um... <laughs> And then also just laying your relationships on the altar. Like, Lord, it, like this, this relationship is yours. This is yours. If you will it, great. If you don't will it, take it away. That's just, again, a great prayer you will need all throughout your life, all throughout your marriage, you know, with your, your kids. All this. Like, Lord, this is yours. You've given this to me. Um, laying it on the altar. Um, okay, should we stop now? Oh. Yeah, we have, like, a Two or three minutes Okay, and then no, we won't talk about this. There was some stuff about being married, but I don't This is I don't what David was going to talk about, but you guys aren't married yet, so it's probably not like that. We'll come back to the, uh, you know, I guess 30, you know, the, the post marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way, way later. Um, anyhow, two other things that if you want to take a picture of this, if you have um, time and adoration, these are just some questions you can reflect on. And then. Um, and then the next slide I'll pull up in a second too are just some um, 
some resources. It's so funny. David was like, I think we're going to go over it. I was like, no, I don't think so. I definitely don't think so. But I guess we did. Um, yeah, any quick questions? Yeah, if you have yes, any Santi. Santi, go ahead. Yeah, question. Yes. Um, you mentioned that we, towards the beginning, by, by the way, thank you so much for your talk. Yeah. Uh, She's really good at putting these things together last second. She did it for years, so. Um, how do you, you mentioned that, uh, and so did Father, that joy, um, is one way to find joy is that will be done, right? In, in, in all circumstances. Mm -hmm. How do you distinguish uh, seeking joy in all circumstances from just a coping mechanism? I said you know, quick like question. a psychological coping mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. Well, how do I avoid being miserable from it? Well, okay, good question. I think know. I can answer it quickly. Okay. Um, that's a great question. How do you distinguish it from not just being like, I'm just going to think about this as a good situation. Is that what you're saying? Like like trying to reframe things in your mind. Right. That's exactly. not necessarily reframe, good. Reframe, you know, regroup and move on. Yes. So instead of reframing, I think it's acknowledging, Lord, this is a really sucky situation. This is really hard, what I'm going through right now. Like, this is so hard. I, I, I can't even, I'm having a hard time living through this. However, you are allowing me in this, so I'm trusting you that you can carry me through this right now. Like, it's like, I think there's such an important part of this where you acknowledge the hardness of the situation, and that will prevent you from reframing it, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess I'm trying to separate, because you made a great distinction the, you know, the, like the bodily pleasure yeah. and the, the, like the more the psychological happiness yeah. and the spiritual joy. Yeah. So how do you differentiate, how do you discriminate between uh, this seeking for joy and this trust? How do you discriminate that from a psychological, you know, a psych health mm -hmm. from a, a deeper spiritual truth? I think the best way to do it is you just continue to meditate on the spiritual truths. Like, in your life, meditating on spiritual truths, like, I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to, like, take you down a wrong path, if that makes sense. Sorry, it was kind of a quick answer, but. All right. No, yeah, no problem. And we actually have a, a counselor from Holy Family coming later this afternoon, so that sounds like a great question. They're way more trained. Yes. 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 <laughs> that is a great question, though, because I do think that is a hard thing, like, like figuring out. And then if you, anyone wants to look up these resources, The Meaning of Marriage is a great book. David and I both read this before we got married, um, of just while we were dating, um, or while we were engaged, I can't remember. But great book on marriage. There's a podcast called Restore the Glory Podcast that goes through just like a lot of, a lot of things like marriage-related and not marriage-related, but like just like general wounds and things as you, yeah, that it's good to explore. Um, and then Satan Nation's Discernment of Spirits can help you understand is this the voice of God? Is this the voice of Satan? Like, Timothy Gallagher has a great book on that. And then, as you get closer towards marriage, this is an organization we love. We just went on their retreat, um, Messy Family Project. They have a podcast and a blog. That's more like, you know, if you're engaged or getting married. Okay. Great. Thank you guys All so right. much.